Welcome to the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast. I'm your host, Casper the Ghost. Come dive in and listen to me dissect any and all dirt, NASCAR news, or nonsense after the yellow flag flies. As a reminder, this show is for race fans by race fans. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alright race fans, welcome to the Asphalt Affairs. This is the section of the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast where we're going to talk about all things NASCAR. No dirt, except for Bristol. This is going to be the asphalt racing. This is for those of you that don't care nothing about real racing over on the dirt track. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Alright guys, welcome to the Daytona post-race show of the Asphalt Affairs episode for Caution Flag Contemplations. Guys, in today's show we're going to discuss everything that happened in the old Daytona 500 as well as the Xfinity and Truck Race. Uh, We're going to look back at some of the predictions I made, see how many I got right, see how many I got wrong. Y'all come on in, let's jump in, let's go. Alright race fans, as we get started here. I am super pumped, guys. I don't know if you know, but I am a racing addict, and uh, I'm recording this right after the Daytona 500. Well, not right after. It's about four, three and a half hours after it's over, but um, man, what a day. What a day, what a day, what a day. Um, it was a good weekend, guys. It was a good weekend. Uh, we're going to start, start off talking about the 500, then we'll talk a little bit of trucks, a little bit of Xfinity. Um, this show's probably going to be a little bit sh- shorter than some of our Asphalt Affairs episodes, but... Uh, we already did that pre-race where we talked about qualifying and the duels and all that. So um, pretty much what we're going to do is go through the race a little bit and then we'll go over my predictions and see how bad I failed and uh, make some comments overall. So uh, right off the rip, Fox Sports. <sighs> Guys, what are we doing? Well, why do we have a comedian? All right, listen. This is my hard stance for Fox. Fox. Make NASCAR seem more serious than you are currently. Please, God. Please make it better. This is embarrassing, okay? Like, I tell all my friends, like, yeah, I love NASCAR. It's my favorite sport, yada, 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 yada. And they're like, all they do is make left turns. You're like, no, man, no. Like, this is it's serious. These guys work really hard. They're athletes, yada, yada, yada. And then y'all at Fox make them superheroes. And then we do the starting lineup with a comedian. I love Gabriel Iglesias. I really do. Love him to death. He's got some funny stories. Uh, the races get fast. It's my favorite story he tells. I'm just going to be honest. It's the funniest one he tells. But anyways, uh, but why is he doing starting lineups? I'm sorry. Let's let, let's not have comedians. He made some comments about different drivers. Like, yeah, out of retirement in his last year. Blah, blah, blah. Act like he knows something. He don't know nothing. Okay. Just have an announcer do these things. I like the whole lineup being announced thing, but let's let's do something a little better than what we're doing. Okay. No comedians. No comics. All right, I'm done now. Um, so that's kind of it. Uh, overall pre-race, okay? I just want to go over a couple of pre-race interview uh, ideas I have. First of all, um, <laughs> this idea that... Uh, that they said something about Harvick was if he won the 500, he was going to win and retire. Nobody's buying that, right? Like Kevin Harvick is going to win race this year and probably compete for a championship. And don't think that he's not. If you think that he's not, you're really, you're really undervaluing what he's about to do here in 2023 in his retirement season. Okay. Um, Jeff Gordon almost won, almost had a chance to win a championship, right? Like he he was in it his last year. Didn't do good. I expect Harvick to be that kind of situation. I, I didn't put him in my final four, but if he makes it and I'm wrong, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Obviously, as you guys are going to find out, I, I make predictions and a lot of them is wrong. Okay. So it wasn't surprising if he made it in there. Um, I noticed just talking to Harvick, like he's, he's enjoying it, but he's also still there racing, trying to win. I don't think he's going to get caught up in the, this is your last year. Nonsense, but we'll see. So, uh, moving on, other pre-race comments. Uh, they interviewed Kyle Larson. Um, 
Kyle has always kind of admittedly said he's not like a great plate racer and all this stuff. Kyle seemed really locked into me before the Daytona 500, which is a little different, Kyle. I know that there, I've, everything I've watched and seen, Kyle said he's trying to be a little bit different this year, be a little bit better. Um, he hadn't run as many dirt races as he has in the past in the off season. Um, I think his preparation's a little better, and uh, I think it paid off. If you guys, I mean, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but he ended up having a pretty decent race. And honestly, had a chance to win at the end of this deal, which is, you know, not typical for him at a plate race. So, um, I think, based off that simple pre-race interview, Kyle Larson, I think he is dead serious, locked in, ready to go. Uh, Maybe taking this more serious than he ever had. And he has won a championship, so that's saying a lot. Um, Other than that, they interviewed Bubba Wallace, and uh, it almost was like he had a little bit of swag swag going on there, Bubba. Like, hey, man, I, I, that's good. I'd like to see a confident Bubba Wallace. Bubba's done a, a lot better uh, here recently. I know some of y'all don't like Bubba. That's okay. You don't have to. Um, don't boo him, though, please. Uh, at least not over your politics and stuff. But um, he doesn't deserve it for that. Neither does LeBron. I don't like LeBron either. But they don't. You don't boo people over politics at a race, man. Like, we're out here to race to have a good time. But... Uh, what I know is Bubba, I'm not going to say like, it was a confidence in his voice and the way that he talked, and, and that's good because he's earned it, you know, over the last year, he's really gotten a lot better, and um, I think, you know, I think Bubba's going to have a decent year, so I know that's a lot, but just kind of, those those few things that are particularly Larson and Bubba, um, in their pre-race interviews, their whole personalities seemed a bit different. And I'm curious to see how that continues throughout the year. So just watch for those. Um, during the pre-race, that was just kind of two things I had. Also, uh, throughout the pre-race and the race, Clint Boyer, boys, I don't know if he went to school to learn how to be a commentator or what, but he really has stepped his game up. Good job, Clint, um, with a lot of good insight uh, during race day So. Congratulations to that. All right, guys, down to the race. So, uh, cool thing there before the race. <laughs> Sorry, I said down the race. And one more thing before the race. Uh, <laughs> this is interesting. They did that uh, Grand Marshal thing. I don't think I've ever seen a race where you had three guys in the race that were Grand Marshal starting the engines. Uh, somebody made a joke about remote start. Um, it's cool, but like, let's do something different where we don't have guys that's in the race doing the command i know 75th anniversary want to get these guys up here that's cool we're going to see some of this all year hopefully some throwback to some old guys bring them back out there i think that's great but you know there was no reason for jimmy and kevin and joey to be up there doing the command and then i did see that it actually pushed the start of the race back Guys, this is Daytona 500. That's like pushing the Star Super Bowl back because I'm asking the national anthem. Um, just, <laughs> you know, you've only had a year to plan. So I, I get a little laugh out of that. But it's all good. It'll all end up being okay. So, um, All right, end of the race. Stage one. Stage number one. Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson on the front row. Um, stage one, guys. Uh, it went caution free okay that was crazy i was very much surprised but it went caution free it was pretty calm um we did a lot of two two wide racing as was pretty much predicted by everybody in the sport um you know it is what it is um they got that first green flag cycle about halfway through the first stage uh the ford's pitted chevy's pitted oh the groups, they pretty much all pitted. I think they're in two laps. Um, on the second group there, Riley Herps in the 15 spun, but NASCAR did not rush and throw the caution, and he got it on pit road there. The one thing, he put it in reverse, and I thought he was trying to stop to bring out the caution for a second, and I was like, oh, no, not again. So definite props to NASCAR for not being too quick on the trigger on that one. Also, if he was intentionally stopping trying to get a caution, y'all need to look into that. Um. Uh, but just remember, Riley Herps did screw up in that first pit cycle. He did recover 
from that. Um, that first pit cycle, your penalties were the 67 Travis Trona hit too many pit boxes. Uh, Travis hasn't done a green flag pit stop in what, like 12 years? I mean, when's the last time he was in an Xfinity race? Honestly, when's the last time he was in an Xfinity race that had a green flag stop? That's probably been even longer. So, um, he went through too many pit boxes on exit. Got to figure out after that. And then the 15 where he spun out, he had a commitment line violation. Um, those were the two penalties on the first round. Um, after that first pit stop there, all the groups were pretty well able to get back uh, lined up in a pack there. I was kind of surprised. Um, I did, All the Chevys didn't fit together. It was almost seemed like there was a Ford lap and a Toyota lap, and Chevy just kind of did what they wanted to do, but... That's kind of interesting. Uh, before the pit cycle there, Corey LaJoy had run up into second. He got shuffled way to the back, and I don't know that he really ever got to the front for the rest of the day after that. So that was kind of a shame. He was in second. They never really talked about what happened on pit road, but I imagine something happened there. Um, another incident in the first stage there. Bubba Wallace on lap 48 basically went off the nose of the 19 into the wall going down the back stretch. Um, but the 19 also got a bumper from Austin Cendrick and didn't really, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Martin ran over Bubba for no reason. So just kind of a race deal. Thankfully it didn't anybody's day. Um, Bubba went in. They did say he had a bent toe link, something like that maybe, but honestly it never looked like it affected him for the rest of the day. So that worked out pretty good. Um, unfortunately though, at the end of lap one, Bubba and Travis Pastrana were both uh, lapped. Kind of got stuck there. Um, I, I guess it's like maybe five or six laps to go, and I was like, Ugh, that's not good. I kind of thought Bubba was maybe going to be a maybe be a contender in this deal, and then that kind of made me think not. Um, they're cl very close to the end of stage one, guys. They talked about it on TV, but AJ Allmendinger. I mean, you guys want to talk about balls of steel. He pulls that thing up there, uh, knowing that he's getting lapped. He says, screw it, I'm going to run the middle. Y'all are going to have to split me. Genius idea. We we saw somebody do this last year, and I I feel like last year it was like a Rick Ware car or something, but where it was two of them. And I think it was at Talladega, not Daytona, but one of them did the high line, one of them did the low line, which basically made the field snake around them, and they snuck in. Well, AJ... I hate, listen, might have been stupid, but it worked, so it wasn't stupid. If he had wrecked the whole field, we would be talking about how much of an idiot he is right now, but he didn't. It worked out. And like I told y'all, AJ came to do this for AJ. He's not here for anybody. AJ did that. He ended up being ahead of Bubba, which got him the lucky dog. I'm sure he was, Bubba wasn't very happy about that. But solid move from AJ on that one. Good job. Um, stage one, Brad Keselowski wins stage one. Over Ryan Priest. My prediction to win, Jimmy Johnson finished in seventh. And I was sitting on the couch, and I was like, oh, yeah, boys, I told y'all what was going to happen. Ah, this guy hadn't run a cup race in three years, and here he is, top ten at the end of the first stage. And any of y'all that said you thought that was going to happen other than me, oh, uh, you're lying. Okay. Um, so we go in, we do our little stage break thing there. Um Stage two, they officially kind of announced Bubba had a bent toe link. Didn't really have time to do anything with it. Um, uh -huh. During that stage break, um, Hamlin and Logano, like, I guess, kind of ran over each other on the pit road exit. It ended up getting, uh, I think Logano got run out in the grass there because Hamlin didn't have room there, like four or five wide coming off pit road and i think they were flipping each other off or something so i'm sure you know we'll all be listening to action actions detrimental to find out what denny's got to say about that if y'all won't be i sure will be um so definitely kind of curious to see what happens with that this week check the news find out uh lap 108 we're doing green flag pit stops again in stage two we hadn't had any cautions here um old kfb speeds on exiting pit road i think i didn't write down if it's exiting or anything but i'm pretty sure it's exiting pit road uh, and he had to go to the tail of the longest line 
or pass through. I'm sorry, he had to go pass through penalty and want a lap down. Yes. Um, that was wild. The Chevys all pitted on lap 108 in stage two. Uh, there in stage two, the the pit thing kind of changed. It was sort of manufactured, but sort of not. But it was like groups like five to seven cars. Which Clint said something on the broadcast about. I think it'll be more efficient. And I was like, what the hell are y'all talking about? But apparently, these guys know what they're doing. Because it, it worked. Um, And, you know, they came out and they were spread out a little bit more after that. Um, but then they ended up getting back in a pack. Um, and, you know, they kind of ran that through. Um uh, they were on in the stage, and then uh, we continued on in stage two to have a wreck uh, in the front of the pack there as the 45 car went off the nose of the four um, into the wall in lap 118, kind of right after the, the uh, flags were, I'm sorry, kind of after the pit stops were, the green flag pit stops were done, so... Uh, that's a pretty big wreck. Uh, the 12, the 9, the 99, the 45. The 43, the 19, the 5 were all involved. Um, Chase and the 9 was pretty much done for the day. Blaney was pretty much done for the day. 43 was done. 45 was done. Uh, everybody else continued. Kind of is what it is. Um, Blaney continued, but he had a lot of damage. That's why I say he was done. Um, at the end of the stage... They're having a pretty good race there. I thought Bowman was going to win the second stage. And uh, it, Ross Chastain ended up getting him there at the line. But if you guys go back and watch, the real reason there was Austin Cindric, like pulled up to go three wide for a stage win, knowing he wasn't going to get there to win it. I was like, what the heck are you doing, bro? Like, I don't know if like he's just so anti-helping anybody other than Penske that he had to do that. But... um worked out for Chastain so he ended up getting the win over Bowman when it really looked like Bowman was going to get it done there um and that was the end of stage two all right we're going to stage three we've really only had one major wreck at this point um you know it uh everything seemed to be going pretty good we're getting in down to the crunch time and, you know, I was pretty much thinking traffic was really going to pick up and the intensity was going to pick up. And it did. And I really thought there was going to be a lot more wrecks than there was there um, earlier in the third stage. There ended up being wrecks, but they were all later. So um, we get to like, what was it? Uh, I mean, they basically split that last stage in half, which it was about 60 laps. Um, the Forge pit with like 25 to go with LaJoy. And then the Chevy's pitted with like 24 to go. Um, something like that. Uh, Toyota's pit with four to go, and then with twenty-four to go, and then um, they pretty well were had made it through again. Another green flag pit cycle uh, for the third time of the day without having a caution come out, and I was like, "Huh, this is not the Daytona that I'm used to." Uh, you know, I don't really expect this, so. Um, you know, it's pretty calm race up to that point. I was like, man, we might, we might run this thing caution free. Like, good Lord. I mean, you know, there was some caution, but you know what I mean? Basically caution free. Um, sure enough, I was texting, uh, my, the old sister there and she's like, what do you think it's going to turn up? And I was like, I mean, I'd say, you know, around 20 laps to go, these guys are going to start getting real spicy and, you know, we'll probably have some wrecks. Sure enough. Uh, 18 to go. It's kind of like when the packs are all from the the different pit stops are all kind of pulling back together. <sighs> that little group pulled up in front there and like basically blocked the people that were coming up to add them to their pack. And, um, you know, it basically was like an accordion type effect and ended up being a big wreck. I mean, it was a uh, pretty solid wreck there. Uh, the 34, the 4, the 19, the 41, the 48, 14, and 54 were all involved. Um, and I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to ramp this thing up. And I was like, yeah, we're probably going to wreck like 17 more times after this. 
So then they got the restart in. I think the restart was, was like maybe 11, 12, somewhere right around 10. It took pretty long to clean that one up. Um, they got going, and man, they got clean again. And I was like, is this my NASCAR Cup Series? Like, what's the deal here? Um, and sure enough, uh, they kind of looked pretty good. And then three to go. The 99 got spun um, off the nose of somebody. I don't know who it was. I didn't mark that down, nor do I care. I was just glad he got spun. I've never been happier to see somebody get spun uh, than I was when I saw Daniel Suarez sliding down there. I don't like him uh, after that Kyle Busch situation in the duel. I'm just, <sighs> he's just over-aggressive, man. And I was really glad he wasn't going to be up there in the pack. And I was like, all right, cool, maybe he won't wreck the whole field um so he did that uh three to go so we're coming to the first green white checker there okay this is where this is where we're going to get the nitty-gritty of the race so obviously you guys know uh we added the choose rule um for the plate tracks that aren't plate tracks anymore for super speedway racing this year right and i really felt like the rcr cars at kyle bush and austin dillon Overcomplicated this choose situation, in my opinion. Well, one of them took the top, one took the bottom. I guess Kyle Austin was going to let Kyle come down. Um, I don't really understand why you don't just line up with each other and coordinate a push with your hand out the window, but that's how they wanted to do it. I felt like that was not the way to go. I feel, I still, still like you know, five hours after the race feel like the way to go would have been just line up one behind the other and push each other as hard as you can lock bumpers and go i think that would have been the way to do it um i was the choose thing you guys heard me earlier in the race like earlier this week i made some comments like maybe it's just gonna be manufacturer manufacturer inside and outside and that's not at all what happened so i don't know if maybe they hadn't thought about it or the manufacturers didn't want to go that in depth on telling guys what to do or the team's like no we're just going to do what we want to do but um i really felt like when kyle picked one and austin picked the other they really overcomplicated stuff trying to get that pull down move i think you're better off to just get stacked up and go um i felt like their cars were fast enough i, th I guess maybe they were afraid of how fast busher and keselowski were going to be on the other line if they left them hooked up but i felt like they overcomplicated it we go on the restart there on that green white checker and uh you know they kind of got shuffled um pretty quick and going in turn three unfortunately amarola had to run in the back of travis pastrana who shout out to travis pastrana was running like damn near in the top five i think he was like seventh but i mean i I did not expect him to be up there that good. And he basically rode around the back all day, but when it was time to get there, he got there. Um, on that restart, he was basically in Bubba's butt, and he pushed Bubba. And him and Bubba were coming on a solid run before this happened. And uh, Amarola hit him going in the corner. It's green-white checker. You got to do what you got to do. So I'm not going to fall, Eric. Kevin, uh, either uh tony or clint made a comment in the booth like he doesn't have that much experience in these cars to be able to handle that yada 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 eric's got to do what he's got to do but yada 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 he does but like i don't really know like i don't drive clearly i'm just a fan but i don't to me hitting somebody and in their in the middle of the corner as hard as he did like, you got to do something better than that. I, I do fault him a little bit for it. I don't think anybody else that had had more experience could have held on to that car, I guess is what I was saying. I, I feel like with where he was at, um, the situation he was in when he got hit, it didn't matter who was driving it, that they were getting turned. So, probably that was a little bit unfair from them on Travis. But, anyways, Travis then hits the five car. Larson absolutely smacked the outside wall. Uh, as hard as I've seen, that bothered me. Um, pretty good. Um, you know, uh, 
don't know that <clears throat> and um you know that wreck right there ended it uh larson hit the wall really hard i was i was scared larson was going to be hurt just to be honest i hope that he's not i you know I've, I've seen that you know his he said he was okay with the radio or whatever but i think that was pretty scary um if yeah, that one really it, it looked very hard and very head on um hard hit to watch so hope hope he's all right um as far as the caution goes and picking a winner goes like <sighs> i mean they hit the button when they hit the button i really felt like if you were i'm trying not to get out here on this one <clears throat> honestly i felt like when they wanted to hit the, when they should have hit the caution joey was in the lead I hate Joey. Always have, always will. But I felt like Joey was in the lead when they should have hit the button. But I think it was like they were a little bit slow, but they didn't. And part of me wants to like kind of change this video thing. And I almost, I almost want to go back to scoring loops. I hate to say that. Um, if we don't go back to scoring loops, I want to go back to like the time of when the wreck occurred or something like that you know uh back the video up to the moment of impact or uh, whenever the action happened that deemed a caution necessary again you're getting into a lot of gray area there i don't know i really kind of felt like joey actually had the lead when we knew that the caution was coming out but it did seem clear to me that when it did come out that Ricky had him back. I just felt like it was, it was like a little slow. Um, so I'm not faulting NASCAR. I just, this whole going back to video thing when we go back to loop data for the rest of the year is interesting. I know that you don't want, I know why they do it because you don't want somebody that wrecked somebody or somebody that was in the wreck to get a better finish because we went backwards but i'm just not sure that uh video when they hit the button specifically is the answer because sometimes i feel like particularly at a plate race and that, honestly it this would this is only a conversation we'd be having at a plate race but at a plate race in particular which is where these finishes tend to happen where we have to end it under yellow um they're just it's too it's too tight to call it that way because you're going off the yellow light and they might pass for the lead three times in three seconds based off who's getting what push and the pushes can change based off the wreck that's happening behind them. So I would I, I don't know what the answer is, but I'd almost like to see some kind of review or change in that rule on how we rule these things at the end of them. Uh, but congratulations to Ricky. Ricky Reckhouse got him a win. I, it's hard for me to believe that's been. I think they said since what, like, nineteen twenty. I don't know when last time Ricky won, but the, it had been a while. I guess it was the Daytona, um, July race back when it was in July was last time he won. That's cool for him. Um, I was at Talladega, I believe, when Ricky got his first win in the seventeen fifty third bank car. I'm pretty sure me and the buddy were down there. I'm pretty sure that was Dale Jr.'s last race at Talladega. was the one he got his first win at. Uh, Ricky's a pretty good plate racer. Pump for him. Pump for JTG. Darty Racing. Uh, I'm a Tar Heel, so, you know, old Brad, I'm sure, is pretty excited about it. They have stuck through the sport through some rough times. Um, they have some good sponsors over there, clearly, to make it as long as they have. They've had some ups and downs they've had some really good drivers and they've had some questionable drivers ricky's a good driver ricky has talent uh, unfortunately ricky is over aggressive from time to time but he's also a good driver so um you know glad for them i was really glad to see them get the win um and hey they're locked into the playoffs now so congratulations to them on all that um other than that overall daytona 500 guys it was pretty calm until the end um, I f felt like, you know, the race was, it wasn't like the best Daytona 500 we've ever seen for sure, but it wasn't the worst. Um, 
I enjoyed it for what it was. Enjoyed the weather. You sit down and get to watch it and uh, have a couple cold bush lattes. And, um, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, other than that, on the 500, we're going to go over the predictions that the old Casper the Ghost had and see how many of those we missed. Then we'll take a break. We'll go over trucks a little bit and a uh, couple little bit. Go through the well. We'll go th- after we do the predictions. We'll go through the whole rundown from the race. Um, just see the kind of notable finishes. So predictions. Um, let's see. I predicted the big one. What stage would it happen in? I said stage three. I think that's accurate. The big one was the one that happened on the first green white checker. So. Um, I didn't really talk about that one in detail because I didn't really feel like anybody in particular was to blame. That was just kind of a racing thing. Number of cautions. I predicted eight cautions. There were eight cautions. I'm telling you, I'm a genius. Okay. Um, that's right. You heard it here. I, I pretty much, basically, I'm just a prediction goddess. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, stage one, I predicted Joey Logano to win. He did not. Stage two, I predicted Joey Logano to win. He did not. Race win, I predicted Jimmy Johnson. He did not. So it's 0 for 3 on winners. So um, don't listen to anything I say, clearly. Um, lead lap cars. I predicted that there would be 16 cars finished on the lead lap. There was 17. I missed by one. So, hey, I did pretty good, though, uh, for the cautions. At least I got that right. <laughs> Number of lead lap cars. But, um other than that, uh, let's run through this rundown here. Uh, Ricky obviously got the win. AJ Allmendinger is the next notable in my mind. Uh, finishing sixth back in the full-time uh, Cup Series ride for Colleg. Um, he had a pretty good little points thing there because he finished inside. Well, no. Nah, I mean, he, he's going to be okay in points. Um, Because he did get some stage points in the second stage. So good for AJ. Uh, Riley Herbst, guys, in the Rick Ware. Sunny D number 15 finished in 10th. Congratulations to Rick Ware Racing on that. Especially after that, like, spin that he had and getting lapped down and all that. Worked out good for him to get a top 10. Anybody that bet on him to get a top 10, I'm sure you got some good money out of that. Travis Pastrana officially credited with an 11th place finish. That's awesome. Um, I know that he wrecked the car. He didn't want to do that. But listen, dude, you you can't can't say anything bad about the guy. Um, that's fantastic for Travis. So good job. Uh, Zane Smith, 13th in his debut uh, in the 36 car there for colleague. Cody Ware, another Rick Ware racing car. Finished inside the top 10 and 14th. Like, holy snot. Two Rick Ware cars finished in the top 15. Got to give them credit where credit's due. So, good job to them. Unfortunately, Jimmy Johnson ended up finishing in uh, 31st. (sighs) That's a shame. It's a real shame. Um, Ate it. But, hey, it is what it is. I predict him to win. He got in that wreck. They're... um, Nothing you can do about it. That's play. That's super speedway racing. So other than that, Chase Elliott, uh, real bad start there for Chase Elliott and Tyler Reddick as they both were out early uh, on lap one eighteen and um, got no stage points either of them. So that's definitely not what they wanted. Uh, other than that, we had eight caution flags, like I said, for thirty eight laps, fifty two lead changes among twenty one drivers. So. Pretty decent little race thing there. Um, you know, that's kind of the stats. We'll go over it every week. I said, overall, the race is what it was. It was exciting. It's Daytona 500. We're pumped up to watch it. Um, so, thank y'all for tuning in. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about Trucks and Xfinity. Thank y'all for listening. When you're doing your eye racing, have you ever looked at your car and thought, God, this looks like crap. I have just the solution for you. Rocky Top Race Wraps. Home of the best wraps for all of iRacing. If you want to go fast, you better look fast. Listen, the wraps from Rocky Top Race Wraps add at least 15 horsepower. 
probably gonna take off a half second every lap i mean give the man a call my boy jp he will take care of you like i said rocky top race wraps look them up on the internet thanks all right guys well i just wanted to cover the uh the trucks and the xfinity i'm gonna go ahead and tell y'all i'm sorry if this is not my best uh, episode. My computer has deleted everything off of it because I'm working on a $100 computer trying to do this thing. <clears throat> and uh, it's a little bit frustrating. But anyways, so we're going to talk a little about Trucks and Xfinity. Uh, I already recorded my cup section. Um, I did that live right after the race for you guys. But I just want to break down the truck race and the Xfinity race as they happened in order. So we're going to do Trucks and then Xfinity. And then we'll do a weekend wrap-up, and we'll go for there. Thank you guys for listening. All right. So, truck race. It was on Friday night. Uh, we were running the uh, Next Air Energy 250 uh, for the truck opener. Um, started off stage one. We On the pole, we had, uh, let's see, front row was, uh, I forgot already. It was uh, Nick Sanchez. That's right, Mr. Nick Sanchez in his rookie season running for the uh, truck points on the pole with Tom Majeski to his outside on road one. Uh, Tom Majeski, guys, they were talking about the fact that, you know, he used to have that engineering role at Thor Sport, and then he drove, and um, he's finally proven himself, I guess, enough to them over there. I don't know why it took this long, but um, he's not doing the engineering deal this year. He's just driving. I think that Ty's a pretty good driver. I know, you know, he's had a lot of success in late models throughout his career. Curious to see what it's like for him not working on the trucks and how that works. Because, you know, I remember they talked about that last year at some point, And we don't have a lot of guys that work on their stuff that race the stuff anymore. So it was cool to still have one out there floating around that did that. So um, definitely curious to see what that does for him this year, if that helps or hurts, or if he ends up back in the shop working on the the truck every day uh, in his engineering role uh, I guess maybe he's still working on his truck but he's not working on everybody else's so um, we'll see what happens that's pretty cool uh, <clears throat> so for the trucks there uh, we get this thing fired up like oh yes NASCAR's here first NASCAR race of the year the duels don't really count so to me this is the first NASCAR race of the year I'm pretty pumped um, and Nick Sanchez and uh, Tom Majeski bring him to the green flag Green, green, green. They run a lap and a half, and bam! Caution. Rain. I was like, oh my, no, not rain. Why is it raining out here? It's heartbreaking. But um, unfortunately, it was what it was. They had rain there uh, from lap 2 to 11. We ran around under yellow. I was like, oh, that's a lot of laps. Uh, they ran a bunch of this race under caution. I believe, just for you guys' reference, there was seven total cautions for 41 laps, and this is a 79-lap race, okay? So, we didn't have a lot of green flag, unfortunately, but we'll get to that. So, lap 2 to 11, uh, we go back to green there um, in stage one after that little, little weather break and, um, you know, Worked out. Then uh, lap 22, I guess that was about the end of the first stage there. Uh, that was the first caution. I think they went the first stage uh, caution-free. So, hey, congratulations to the truck guys uh, for not – well, they had the rain cautions, but no wreck, wreck-free. Granted, they ran 10 laps under caution. But, hey, still, we got to give the truckers credit due where credit is due, okay? Good job, gentlemen. Um, so we get through stage one there. Uh, you had Christian Eckes in the 19, Matt Craft in the 88, Matty D in the 25, Haley Deegan in the 13 with a fourth place, and Nick Sanchez in fifth. Um, I told you guys, some of the guys I really want to see what they had this year. Matty D was one of them. Haley Deegan was one of them. I think for them, this is a pivotal year. Kind of watch this truck race. You're like, okay, you guys are having the run you need to have. That's awesome. Congratulations. Hope you guys can keep it up. So uh, we go in. Do the stage thing, everybody gets pitted, gets tires, all that, yada, yada, yada. We come back out, and uh, sure enough, we get going again, and uh, it's time for trucks to do truck stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> they're on lap, lap 30, I think we restarted the race, like what, about lap, mm, 
the end of the stage, I think, was like 25. I think a, we ran about 10 laps, five five to 10 laps, something like that, if I remember correctly. Um, in the second stage, we ended up pretty much having a big one. Uh, Haley Deegan was in it. Uh, Maddie D was in it. The two drivers I just talked about, Brett Holmes in the 32. You also had the 43, the 84, and the 15, and the 22 were all involved. Uh, pretty big wreck there. They ended up having to put out the uh, red flag, unfortunately. Um, which really hurt knowing that maybe there's going to be rain coming, but it was a pretty big mess. They had to do what they had to do there. Um, so, got that one cleaned up. Uh, went back green there uh, about lap 36. Um, went again, got another five laps in, <laughs> and we had another nut caution there around lap 41 for Stuart Friesen. Um, in the 52, he basically got turned in the wall in front of the field, and a few guys kind of just ran into him and backed it up there. Uh, so you had Stewart, and they had the 32, the 97, the 75, the 9, the 99. Um, just kind of kind of stuck them in there. Typical stuff that happens at Daytona. Somebody gets turned in front of the field, everybody kind of piles in, and it is what it is. So we had that. Um, pretty tough wreck there for them um after that uh we finished the stage under caution there um and hey stage two it starts raining this thing might end um so that caution ended about lap 64 went back green lap 65 had another wreck uh <laughs> pretty much immediately there um and uh, another pretty big wreck involving Matty D again, the 43 again, uh, also the 24 of uh, Rajah Karuth, and the 98, 11, 15 again. I think the 15 was in like every wreck they had. Rough night. Um, that was in turn three. <clears throat> After that, we had our next caution at lap 69. Guys, this is when the rain came. The rain came stumbling down. The rain came. And uh, I was also watching Volusia at this point in time. This is a very depressing time um, in the Casper, Casper the Ghost's Garage, okay? Um, it started raining at Volusia and at Daytona. And I know they're 30 minutes apart, so I know it makes sense. But it was very depressing, okay, guys? Like, I was pumped for Volusia. I was pumped for some trucks at Daytona. <sighs> and it started raining. They called Volusia. NASCAR acted like they were going to try to get this thing going. And honestly, in the all-fairness NASCAR, they did make efforts to dry the track pretty much twice there um, under that red flag period. Unfortunately, they didn't ever get it back going. And because we were halfway, we had to call it. This brings me to my point before I congratulate the winner there. Um, if we're racing the next day for Xfinity or Cup at the same track, I, why do we call these things? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's expensive for the team to stay overnight, but it really sucks. I got to do it, but got to just got to do. So anyways, uh, Zane Smith ended up getting the win in the truck race there um, in the 38 car and the Love Speedco Ford. Uh Nothing I hate worse than seeing a Ford win a race. Um, but, but uh, <laughs> congratulations to him on that. And then the 15 to Tanner Gray, who was involved in every incident, finished second. Christian Eckes in third. Colby Howard in the nine. And fourth, Grant Enfinger finished fifth. Um, Grant's another one of those guys I talked about at the beginning of the year. Need to see something out of him. So he got a top five. That's a good way for him to start the year. The other people that I said I want to see something out of for the year, they're. Um, Let's see. Derek Krause, 18th. Not exactly what I want to see. Matty D, 20th. Not exactly what we wanted to see. Uh, Stuart Friesen, 28th from the wreck. Haley Deegan, 35th. Uh, some of those guys I said in the truck series, guys and girls in the truck series that I said need to, had some work to do. Apparently, they still have some work to do. So, uh, But, quick reminder. Um, Zane Smith also won the uh, truck race at Daytona last year. So Zane Smith went two in a row there at Daytona. Um, and the race ended up ending under caution, essentially, due to rain. So uh, no green flag finish. Crying shame. Unfortunately, 
now that we talked about the cup race and the truck race, that's the theme of the weekend. And let me tell you a little secret. You're going to see the same thing in the Xfinity race that we're going to talk about in just a second. But um, overall, truck race, uh, it was good, you know, good to see him out there. But it was kind of like a tease, man. Like I said, they ran only ran for 79 whole laps of the race. 41 of them was under caution. For somebody like me, fired up to see a race, that's pretty much just a tease. Get you fired up and unfortunately not get to see what you want to see which is a good finish to the end so um sucks that that's what happened but hey it is what it is and uh we'll continue on from there so congratulations zane smith on the win second win at daytona congratulations to ford on your uh your win there um you know i uh I just want to say that's y'all's only one of the weekend, and uh, Toyota, you didn't get any. But um, just a quick reminder there. Um, and it was at a rain race, so it doesn't really count. So Ford, you know, if you had bow ties, you probably would win more. I'm just saying. But um, anyway, so we got that done. And uh, that was the end of Friday night for me. I was depressed. Volusia got rained out. Truck race got ended to rain. I was like, oh, okay. And I went to bed. So... Moving into Saturday, we had the Xfinity race firing up there. Um, you know, the Xfinity race, you know, guys, last year, if we're all being honest, the Xfinity races were better than the Cup races in some instances. Um, I don't think anybody would argue with that. I hope not anybody would argue with that. I guess maybe somebody might. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't because I personally think that's a fact. So, um, Xfinity race, all right. Uh, we are in the beef. It's what's for dinner. Three hundred. I really enjoyed all the tweets about the beef for dinner, guys. Uh, I like the cooler the steaks they have up there. I'm a big grill guy. They had some nice looking tomahawk ribeyes coming out of there. I was really wishing I could have been there to get me one of those. Um, I know that you know Austin Hill. I'm sure enjoyed his his beef he got and his paycheck as well. So he got the beef and the green. But um, anyway, so. Xfinity race. Guess who started on the pole? The 21 car, the same guy that won the race last year, Austin Hill. Shocker. Uh, Parker Kligerman started second, though. Um, awesome job to Parker and that team there in the 48. Um, that 48 team, man, they've been pretty good on some of these plate tracks. Had Tyler Reddick ran that car last year. I think at Talladega had a good run. They've had some other guys drive it. and it, you know They put on some good runs at Speedway, so... Uh, awesome to see Parker up there. I hope Parker gets to drive more. I like him as a driver. I think he's uh, probably pretty underrated as far as driving goes. So uh, Those are the guys bring him to the green. And um, we got her fired up there. Um, stage one, guys, went, if I am correct, um, basically, like... I thought they were going to go caution free in the first stage. They had they had that one caution there, like lap nine. They thought there was some fluid on the front stretch or whatever, and there wasn't. I guess somebody blew up, and that's why they threw it out. But it ended up being a kind of a quick yellow situation. Um, then lap twenty one, you had an incident with the one, the 07, and the eleven. Um, <clears throat> that put us under caution for four laps, um, and then that gave us kind of like a small run there to the end i think it's about seven lap run to the end of the stage um for stage one stage one top five was the 21 austin hill the 16 of chandler smith seven of justin algar the 10 of justin haley and the 27 of jeb burton congratulations to jeb burton by the way um after replacing a battery already in the first stage in the top five that's what he needed to do that's what he had to do good job to them they had to replace the battery on the front stretch pit area uh before the xfinity race started so that was awesome for them uh, other note there i forgot to mention in the xfinity series before the race started stefan parsons jumped in the 45 car that was scheduled to be caesar baccarelli um uh, he was under the weather had the flu-like symptoms or something like that so uh stefan parsons jumped in and made a run there um and stefan ended up having a decent day just for the record uh we'll get to that in the rundown but Ended up having a decent day. So, that's the end of stage one. Uh, we get that thing restarted there. Uh, right around lap 36. We go another five, six laps. And there's another caution with the seven. 
the 45, the 48, the 2, and the 21. I don't understand how the 21 is in every incident they had, just for the record, and still won the race. But I guess it just goes to show you a lot of these wrecks they have at these plate racers in the front, there's a lot of guys that get small pieces, and you just keep on trucking and, you know, hang in there. You'll get through the end. Um, that caution was like a three-lap caution uh, for a wreck on the front stretch. Not too big of a deal. Um, lap 62, we had that spin for the 18 of Sammy Smith down the front stretch grass. Um, and that spin ended up also being the conclusion of stage number two. Um, <clears throat> so, stage number two results were Justin Allgaier. That was my pick to win, by the way, for those of you that forgot. Uh, the one of Sam Mayer, the 21 Austin Hill, the nine of Brandon Jones. The 25 of, I'm sorry, I can't remember all these numbers. There's 25 of Brett Moffitt. And uh, just as notable there, the fourth Junior Motorsports car was the eight of Josh Berry, who was in six. So Junior Motorsports was four out of the top six there. Uh, at the uh, conclusion of the stage, Junior Motorsports boys, I think they took some notes from College Racing and realized that, you know, we can have a lot more success if we get together and line this thing up. So, um that was the end of the second stage. Going into the third stage, they had them their their plan. I think was to work together until the end, um, and that's kind of when things started getting haywire for them. But we're getting into that. So uh, we restarted there about like lap sixty six. Um, ran about thirty laps. Had another caution around lap ninety. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, and then after that, we ran, and everybody's looking pretty good. It looked like maybe we were going to run and have a clean finish this thing. We got it down to, like, three laps to go, and Brandon Jones in the nine gets turned off. I think, I, I, guys, I think it was the nose of the eight car. It was it was somebody in the draft up there. Basically, at the front of the draft, you had Austin Hill, um, and you had the 10 of Justin Haley, and then you had the uh, JRM cars. That was basically the front of the field at that point in time. Um, I think maybe John Hunter was up there at that point too, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And, um, so the nine gets turned and you're like, oh, here we go. Green white checker. Oh, we've seen this before. And, um, you know, kind of when they came to choose there, I thought it was interesting. Um, the junior motorsports guys picked a lineup, which I think was the right move, which, if you guys notice, that's not what happened in the 500. Austin and Kyle, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. But um, so they ended up getting together there on the restart. And I thought they had a pretty good chance at it. They came around there, obviously green-white checker. They took the green and was looking pretty good after that lap. And get around into turn one. And Sam Mayer's like, starts making a move in turn one. And I'm like, what are we doing? And then. That's when things kind of started to spiral out of control at the front of the field. Everybody was trying to make moves for themselves. It was really too early to be making those moves and wrecking the field. You guys, you're supposed to do that coming out of turn four, not going into turn one on the last lap. I know the white flag was out and you had to do what you had to do, but it was just a little too early for all that. Uh, but basically the end result of that was, so that mayor got turned going down the back stretch, ended up getting upside down. Caution flag comes out, wham, bam, bam. Austin Hill wins the race. Okay. A uh, couple comments about that whole thing, though. So, going back and watching this replay for the Xfinity Series there, it took so long for them to call the winner of that race. Um, after watching the video, based off the lights and when the lights turned on, I think they got the right one putting Austin Hill as the winner. Um, I'm a little biased because I did pick Allgaier to win the race. So I, I can admit I'm probably a little bit biased, but it seemed to me like similar to the cup race um they're just a little slow putting it out um i went back and watched that today and you know it's one of those things where i guess what i saw was in slow motion because it was in replay so maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked but it really looked to me like like that car was upside down for a couple seconds before they put the yellow out and uh you know we had to call that finish off a of video and nascar did by looking at the yellow, they got it right, in my opinion. If you look at the yellow light on the wheeling, light down there on the back stretch, I think it was pretty clear Austin Hill was in the lead. 
However, it seemed like when the caution should have come out, Allgaier was in the lead, and they were a little slow to get that done. Uh, again, like I mentioned when I was talking about the 500, I just I feel like there's got to be a better way to do these things when we have a wreck at the end and the race ends under caution to uh, determine the finishing order. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I know going back to the last loop is probably not the right idea, but I, I don't know what a better idea is. Um, I thought about this one. Here's one that everybody's going to like. How about let's just finish the race under green? I mean, um, I I guess I don't know why when the white flag comes out, we end the race. So I know that <coughs> at the local tracks you know, that I go to and watch dirt, they're all you know less than a half mile. Speeds aren't as high. The wrecks usually aren't as scary, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Well, Generally, if the white flag comes out, they race back to the line. They don't usually put the yellow out. A lot of times you'll see two guys race to the line. As soon as they get to the line, they throw the yellow once somebody wins the race, right? Um, I I know why NASCAR has to put the yellow out because in that instance, like what we saw when you see Sam Mayer go hard head first in the outside wall and roll over and slide for a half mile down the backstretch at Daytona at 35. Five million miles an hour sparks flying like you have to get somebody out there you don't know if he's okay i understand we had a big wreck at the end of the uh, cup race kyle larson absolutely annihilated the outside wall uh, head on scary wrecks in both instances i'm not knocking them okay i know why they have to put it out but my question is why can't we just restart the race again we get it cleaned up um, and we don't have to do that green-white checker. If they've already took the white flag and we throw the caution, hypothetically, this is all hypotheticals, okay? And I know crew chiefs would hate this because the fuel mileage and yada, yada, yada. I get it. But I just don't like the fact that we went to Daytona and didn't have a single race that ended under green. So I'm offering some solutions. Uh, if, you know, some of my wrecks on the backstretch, why don't we just go ahead and put the yellow flag out and uh, rack them back up? And then once we get get the restart there, why don't we throw both the the green and the white at the same time and come back around the flag? I mean, I I'm okay with it. I've been to dirt tracks where they've done it before. You know, it depends on the sanctioning series. It depends on the local tracks rules. But I, personally, I'm okay with it. I don't know how you guys feel about it. At a short track, like you know, that's the one thing I think they could kind of determine that based off the side of the track. Here to have you know half mile track sure go ahead and run two more laps it's not a big deal i know at daytona it would take forever i know at road courses it would take forever uh fontana take forever michigan it would take forever and i'm you know it's unconventional to say we only need to run one lap because i know that they don't really get up to speed and get their pushes in but i would rather have that than finish under yellow so um that's my two cents about it if you get to the white flag lap Let's throw the yellow out, let's re-rack them, and let's throw the green and white together until we get a green flag finish. Sorry, guys. I said it. we got to get green flag finishes. I don't know the last time I ever saw a NASCAR weekend where all three series were there and none of them finished under green flag conditions. Um, it's hard because it's our number one weekend. For NASCAR, you know, it's Daytona 500. Everybody's like, yeah, this is awesome. Woo! And the race ends under caution. It's just, it's anticlimactic. I don't love it. And I'm kind of under the opinion that if we're going to continue to let the races end under caution at all, then let's just let them end under caution at the natural distance. Why try for a green-white checker? If we're not going to make it end under green, um, and we're going to throw a yellow and end it on the last, the white flag lap, then let's, let's just end it where it's the advertised distance. I mean... Does anybody understand where I'm coming from on that? Um, I mean, you have a lot of guys that get screwed on these things that have run good all day and have made the moves to be there within the advertised distance. I'm okay with running it, uh, but I, if we're going to do it, then let's see it end under green. You know? I mean, Kyle Busch was leading when the yellow came out. He didn't win uh, with two to go or whatever. I mean... Uh, it's something's got to change. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what the answer is, but I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I haven't seen anything on social. I actually looked before this podcast, but 
Uh, I feel like Junior, Dale Junior, the man, might have something to say on his podcast this week. So if y'all are listening to that, give it a check and see what he's got to say because NASCAR always listens to him and because he he has some pretty decent takes sometimes. But um, definitely curious to see what happens there if we look at it. If we don't, how much effect it has on it? I guess it's not going to have much, but. Overall, that was kind of the big thing that stuck out to me. We had no races that ended under green flag, and that's not what we want to see as race fans. So um, hopefully we do better than that next time, but it is what it is. So overall for the weekend, guys, like I said, we need to see more races in under green. We hate to see them not. hate to see them in under rain with cautions. I know stuff happens, but, you know, if we're going to do the green-white checker, then let's get a green flag finish one way or the other. So... Um, and if we're not, that's fine, but let's just let it end advertised distance. That's my personal opinion. Personal opinion. Um, other than that, I talked to some guys at work today. I'm recording this section about trucks and Xfinity and this little wrap-up. Uh, on Monday, even though I want to hang recorded my hot take section about the 500 on Sunday, and uh, talking to some of them, some of them were like, man, I don't like all this two, only having two lines, and uh, for the cup race, it's terrible. These next-gen cars are terrible. We need to work on the package, yada, yada, yada. I, guys, I thought the package was good. Frankly, I liked having the two lines. I thought it allowed for somewhat of a tandem draft, kind of, which I was actually a fan of the tandem drafting. I know a lot of people weren't. They like big pack racing. I actually love the tandem drafting, and I was I was actually a fan of, of what this car does. I think by not being three wide all the time, um, which I I really think is because of the amount of dirty air that there is coming off these cars, but um, I feel like by not being three wide all the time, you make you leave room for somebody to take a run. Like when it's three wide, they kind of just have to hit the brake because there's nowhere to go. But when it's only two wide, you know you you cut up and you cut back under somebody and you can make a move. I liked the moves that were coming from second through sixth. I felt like that with this package, you have the opportunity second through sixth. Well, a third through six to pull down and make a pass if you have a pusher. Um, and then it really shuffles the front if somebody from that far back makes a run because then the guys that were leading fall back pretty hard. And um, it just gets some pretty big runs in there. Uh, there was one point when uh, Denny Hamlin kind of just basically worked his way up through there. And I swear to y'all, he came from 11th to like the lead in like, I don't know, a straightaway, like coming down the front between turn four and turn one, basically because some of those guys were making moves and he was just moving around them. Uh, he had some help, and, you know, I saw it happen one time, and I was like, I actually really like this kind of super speedway race. And as you guys know, I don't love super speedway racing. It's the worst brand in NASCAR, in my opinion. It's just not the best. It's not short tracks. Uh, ends up being a crash fest. We end up not having green flag finishes. All that kind of goes on to prove my point, you know. Um, but overall for the weekend, I think Kyle Busch had the best car. I think his primary was the best. And I really think his backup was going to win the race as well. Uh, just didn't work out for him. On that last restart, hate it for him. But for those of you that are keeping score uh, my predictions, uh, I missed all of the winners. Um, my boy Jimmy Johnson that I predicted to win the cup race finished like 11th. Uh, Justin Allgaier got a top five, I think, and uh, I took, what, like Daniel Krause or something to win the truck race. He finished like dead last, got in a wreck or something. I don't know. Um, other things I talked about there, Kyle Busch and Tyler Reddick. We talked about something we want to watch all year. Round one goes to Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch finished. Hold on, let me look here. Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch, 19th. Tyler Reddick, 39th. There you go. Uh, Tyler Reddick never looked competitive all week. I felt like Kyle Busch looked quick all week at uh, Daytona, and um, he got the run to prove it. So, um, curious to see what happens there. But round one goes to Kyle Busch. So, um, other than that, thank you guys for listening. Sorry if this hadn't been like the best show. I've, <laughs> I struggled a little bit. <laughs> I was trying to figure out exactly how to structure this show, and then I had some some technical difficulties. We'll try to work all those out, but. Um, other than that, guys, we'll be having a show after Fontana next week. You guys be sure to tune in. We have the uh, Xfinity race on Saturday. It's at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And then the Cup race is going to be on Sunday at, 
I think it's at 3 p.m. Eastern time, I believe is what I saw. So be sure to tune in, listen to the uh, Caution Flag Contemplations Asphalt Affairs episode for that next week. We'll be here for you. Uh, if you guys hadn't already, please take the time to listen to my Dirty Talk episode because who doesn't like some good dirty talk, right? Everybody loves dirty talk. So um, if you think you don't like dirt racing, you should listen to it because dirt racing is good too. Uh, I've separated these episodes, but I want you guys to be a fan of both, okay? In my perfect little racing world in my head, NASCAR and dirt fans have to come together and unite to be one race fan force. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe wherever you listen at. Uh, give us a review, rate. Guys, if you go to anchor.fm slash crazycaspermedia, you can find the Caution Flag Contemplations podcast. When you get there, you'll be able to leave me a voicemail. I can play it on the show. I had anybody leave me one other than Big Drew. Big Drew did leave me one. I haven't put it in the show yet, and I will do that, Big Drew. I promise if you listen, I will get it at some point in time. But um, if anybody wants to leave a message, that's where you can do it. Anchor.fm forward slash Crazy Casper Media, okay? Um, other than that, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, share it with your friends. You know anybody that likes people that make left turns, have them listen to this thing. Please, guys, help me out. We're just trying to make a show that at least like 13 people get enjoyment out of. So if uh, you guys can share this with somebody, please do. Thank you guys for listening. I will continue to get better um, and... Uh, I promise you guys I'll try to get better each and every week. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Y'all have a good one. You've been listening to a production of Crazy Casper Media. Thank you guys for tuning in. As one final reminder, all asinine opinions are solely those of your host, Casper the Ghost, and I am not affiliated with any race teams or businesses. Only blame me. You guys have a good night. Thanks. Bye.